As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Hello and welcome to On Farm. Thank you for being with us again. I am Anna Davis and you join me today at the kitchen table at Westerbreaky Farm just outside our broth. We are delighted to be back on farm and recording uh, in person. This episode also is particularly close to my heart, so delighted to be covering this topic. We are talking today about what more can be done to support and empower women to succeed in agriculture. Before we get into the episode properly, though, there are a few people to quickly introduce you to. Here is the first one. Just, yeah, sorry. Yes, what is it? There's a bumblebee in the lounge. There's a bumblebee in the lounge. Okay, right. Right. We'll deal with it. That was six-year-old Eve, who is one of Amy Geddes' daughters. As you'll hear uh, from Amy, she is juggling a lot of different balls. And so, in a way, chatting to her while she was also juggling the ball of children and half-term seemed to me to be a pretty good illustration of life as a busy female farmer. Sorry, just give me two seconds. Hello? I'm just in a meeting just now, but if you... I'll phone Murray this afternoon, is that okay? Okay. Right, bye, 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 bye. Sorry, sorry. Here is the other person it's important to introduce you to. We're just trying to make things equal and there are out-of-date practices, there are things that we can do to make it so that females can join in at the same level as everyone else. Lois Newton is an associate within the land and rural business team at law firm Gillespie McAndrew. Gillespie McAndrew have very kindly sponsored this episode and were very keen for us to showcase the work of women in agriculture Scotland. It's the first of several episodes that Gillespie McAndrew are supporting this series and we're extremely grateful to them for that. It's only with the support of firms like Gillespie McAndrew that we can keep the On Farm podcast going. But now, on with the episode. As we often do, we will start by getting our guests to introduce themselves to you. Amy Geddes, and welcome everyone to Westerbreaky Farm. So I farm here with my parents in partnership. And I have two young children who are very quietly watching a movie, hopefully, or they've disappeared and I don't know where they are. <laughs> They're very quiet. And uh, my husband is uh, busy as well. He works with his family business, again, farming. So he's up and away first thing in the morning. And I have, not recently now, I suppose, but within the last five years, moved back to the farmhouse here where I grew up. Um, this is where my, my parents stayed for almost 50 years um, and they've moved just slightly further up the road to a bungalow and um, taking a step back, I would say, from the active side of farming. I don't think you can ever expect a farmer to retire. I don't think Dad will ever 
hang up his welly boots, but he's uh, still very much involved. He's here every day, several times a day, <laughs> just to make sure things are on track. Ailet, perhaps you could introduce yourself next. Hello, I'm Ailet Rowan. I farm alongside my husband and his family in Dumfries and Galloway. We are predominantly dairy farm, but um, if there's ever a quiet spell, we've got beef and sheep as well, just to keep us going. We have our own doorstep milk delivery service as well, um, serving customers in Dumfries and Galloway. So it's quite full on the whole time. I have two young boys. Um, The youngest is my husband's shadow. So if you find one of them on the farm, the other one's there, which is really nice to see coming through. I am here today representing um, Women in Agriculture Scotland and myself as well being a woman in agriculture. And last but not least, Mm -hmm. uh, Lois. Yeah, I'm Lois Newton and I'm an associate in the Land and Rural Department at Gillespie MacAndrew. Um, So I work really closely with farming families, just advising on all their legal affairs. And I'm delighted to be here today because I feel very strongly about helping and supporting females um, and getting them into the workplace and particularly agriculture um, and helping sort of overcome all the challenges that there may be. So looking forward to the chat today. Well, thank you, all of you. Um, Ailet, maybe if I could start with you. I'd love to hear a bit more about the Women in Agriculture Scotland group and how it came about and what its objectives are, because I think that really sets a whole conversation into context. So the Women in Agriculture group started up in 2015 from a luncheon that was with some high-powered ladies from different parts of the rural industry discussing that there was just this, there was something missing And they decided to put their heads together and they came up with a committee. Because the idea of the group is to support, um, although it's called Women in Scotland, it's not just for women, it's for anyone, male, female, you name it, just to be involved and to help empower and support. And it's such a a mix of people, because you'll get people that just keep their head down and just work, work, work the whole time. So you wouldn't actually know that anything's happening. But then you'll get other ones that are on social media a lot more and they're very prominent. And people say, oh, well, how are they doing that the whole time? Everybody is different. Everybody's family situations are different and what they're doing. And I think it's important that if we as a group can give everyone a voice or support um, or even just sort of like a signposting system that they need to go to somewhere, then that's what we're about. It can, if it just helps one person then it makes everything so worthwhile. Would you say if there was one big challenge that women in agriculture are facing at the moment that's been identified by the group, what do you think that is? Childcare is a big one. That is a major one. But the other thing is there have a lot of women out there, young women, older women, regardless, that don't have a, a childcare issue because they don't have the children. So they feel like they're almost like they don't count because of that. It's totally, absolutely bonkers because whether or not you have the children need extra support, everybody needs support in some kind of way. And just learning, being able to have the time to go and learn, doing continued personal development, CPD is so, so important. And it's not actually always very possible unless it's a direct function of the farm or your or your rural business. You can't afford the time to go and do that. You can't do that. How do we pay for that? Yeah. You're basically having to justify everything you do. Why should you have to justify it? I totally agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the big ones, I would say. Yeah. 
Because, yeah. I mean, you could dismiss a sit-down with a cup of tea and a piece of cake with friends or a group of industry people as well. Like that. Guaranteed, you will come out of there with a piece of information or just even just feeling slightly better about everything in the day and everything just goes better. Your cup of tea and cake should never ever be underrated, whether you're male or female. <laughs> it just helps you just get on. But I suppose connected to that is actually confidence as well. Amy, do you think confidence plays a part? I mean, you're, you're here running the farm yourself and, and it'd be interesting to hear that how that kind of evolution came about. But do you think mm-hmm. part of it is about enabling people to feel more confident in Massive. their decisions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, such a big part, huge part. Um, just going back to what Elette said about when Women Nag started, I remember an email came through and it was 2015, I think it was, and it was from the Royal Bank, um, of which we were customers, and it was our, our account manager at the time inviting us, um, or inviting me, to come down to Edinburgh, I think that was when they had the first sort of meeting, and I came away thinking, I'm not alone. This is fantastic. <clears throat> I felt like I had found my my community, <laughs> if you like, because... I wasn't on social media at that time. I, I, I just joined Twitter in 2019, a bit of a late starter. But just being able to go, I think there was one or two meetings a year and there was a speaker. It was just so encouraging to meet other women, to hear other people's stories, to share your own, um, to find out that you weren't alone in your, it sounds terrible or overdramatic, but in your struggle um, to be recognised, understood, supported, just having that was was amazing and it gave you a boost like you were saying mm-hmm. it gives you that boost and you can tackle the next challenge a bit better knowing that there's other women out there who are experiencing the same the same thing whether that's now since I've had my own family finding childcare and or support to, to be able to go out to meetings which um, not that there's many benefits to the coronavirus situation but everything being online has made a huge difference I can go to far more meetings and be part of far more now than I could have had before because I I would have had to get childcare in. I'm not in a position where I could rely on grandparents, unfortunately. Just having the ability to go online to a meeting and be part of the discussion and be involved is fantastic. And I hope that that continues. I hope we see a continuation of of a... a mixed format because in-person meetings are essential you you know the business and the the chat and just the interaction person to person like we're doing today is it's so much nicer it's good for your yourself as well as for business and and learning in some senses i'm forming kind of two two elements here and i guess one element is about Uh, enabling women to feel as though they've got the confidence and the ability to go out and represent themselves and represent whatever area they work in in externally in meetings. But there's also a confidence thing about being able to represent yourself at home in the farm business perhaps or with your spouse or with your in-laws or kind of feeling as though your opinion is heard and valid. So Lois, I mean, you must interact with so many farming families mm-hmm. and you maybe sit around kitchen tables or, or in meetings and, and physically see the struggle that some women have in terms of being able to be heard whether it be about farm succession or what whatever issue it might be but be great to kind of hear some of your experiences and observations about how yeah, that absolutely. goes on and I think that conversations like this it's just so important to get it all out because there are so many struggles and until people are 
talking about it, you don't realise that they're so common across so many families. It takes a lot of courage sometimes to come up and say, look, I want to be heard on this. And if you are entering into the farming business or you can go along to a meeting and perhaps be the only female there, which can be so intimidating, or if you're putting your voice heard, everyone's circumstances are completely different and you can feel that what you're saying is maybe not valid and that comes back to the confidence side of it all. Coming back to um, farming families, there are competing interests and the three levels, so you have you know, the labour and you've got outdoors and the business side of it and also running the household and it's got to be that everybody appreciates that they're all equal and that there's that support network there that then gives you the confidence to then be able to speak up and know that what you're saying can feed in and can be extremely valuable in taking forward and contributing to the business. So I think that things like these conversations and the training and showing people that it's really important that you should have the confidence to go forward. And seeing role models, I think role models are really important to see other people that are doing it, whether it's social media or your friends or or people within the family, to know that there's other females driving that forward and that you can do that too. I suppose one of the things that I always have in my head is is kind of being taken seriously. And that's whether you are in a board meeting or sometimes it's whether somebody's just knocking on the back door and... You know, it happens to me a lot. I'm not involved in the farm business. I've, I've got another business that I run. But so many times I've answered the back door and somebody almost looked through me and say, oh, is your husband in? As though I couldn't possibly have an intelligent conversation with them about anything related to farming. Mm-hmm. And so that's a challenge to be taken seriously in that kind of everyday context. But then also, you know, Amy, you're involved, very involved with NFU Scotland and their, their mm-hmm. serials committee. So you're kind of facing that challenge to be taken seriously on both those fronts. And how have you found it? What have your experiences been and how have you managed to make yourself heard and respected? Hopefully respected, Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's, um, it's, it's really, really true, isn't it? You, um, and it's all interrelated. So the confidence to speak, you know, gets you heard and you do have a valid point of view. So you are therefore respected. But it, it's all interlinked, it's all interrelated. And I think if I hadn't gone to the Women in Agriculture meetings, I don't think I would perhaps have progressed to where I am today and I don't say that lightly because it can be particularly demoralizing and and you can become quite disheartened when you're not getting where you want to be and the only reason is because you're a female so I as I've gotten older and 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 you do with age comes experience and and to a certain degree um not giving a so much of a monkeys about Mm -hmm. what people think I have found confidence in the stages that I've gone through in going to women in agriculture and and feeling part of that community and um, thereafter just becoming more involved at home in in, in the farming business because up until up until we we came here um, to Western Breaky up until we moved um, home after after married I was still working off farm and wasn't 100% sure that I was going to be in line for succession because I have I have a younger brother who, as it turns out now, isn't interested in the farm. 
so he's he's pursuing his own his own career. So that was never the plan. You know, it was always that the little brother was going to be the farmer. And so for a long time, I think growing up, I felt quite lost, really lost, because I wasn't sure what to do. And not having the option of being involved at home, knowing that it was a future for you, can wear you down, I think. It really can wear you down. And I, I asked my dad about this um, just a couple of years back when I, I did, I took over Farmers of the UK account on Twitter mm-hmm. and did a week for Farmers of the UK. Nothing like 44,000 followers. It's more now <laughs> yeah. to focus the mind. And uh, some one of his friends had read it and said, you must read the, the week's offerings. You must read what Amy's been saying. So he read it and he said, I had done a bit on, on women in agriculture and the report that came out from, from the Scottish government and, and, you know, the fantastic Joyce Campbell and and how I wanted a, a better future for my own girls in terms of their choices and ability to follow wh- whichever path, you know, they choose. And he said, but you always stuck in. I said, well, that's great, Dad. That's fantastic. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad you felt that. I'm glad you, you've said that. I said, but what if my brother had wanted to farm? Well, it would have been different. Boom. There you go. It would have been different. Because that's the culture and that's the way it just is. And yeah, that was my next question to you, actually, which you've already asked or or stated is what would things have been different if your brother had been interested in farming? In a sense, he he removed himself from the picture and it could have been, as you say, a lot more challenging because it's just that's what happens, isn't it? In 99% of farming families that it's the sons who who take over, who, who are the next generation. And therefore... Throughout your childhood, even, you know, you weren't sure what your calling was going to be because there was an assumption there. And I suppose that that makes everything more challenging. It makes going through school and university or college more challenging because you don't necessarily have the clarity that you might seek, I suppose. I I guess I just did what I felt was appropriate in, in the direction I wanted to do. So I went to college, I went to SRUC in Aberdeen. And I did um, rural business management and I ended up working in a surveyor's office, which was great. It got me out on farms and, and involved in agriculture. And actually, looking back, I'm really aware of the benefit that having a career outside of the family farm can, can bring. And I think a lot of women will appreciate that. You know, It gives you a different skill set and you are a broader person for that experience and I always came home at busy times so I would still be working in the office and I always came home for harvest always showed uh, you know an interest and was always keen on the farm so that I guess my encouragement to other women is is don't give up stick in Mm -hmm. you mentioned that about the Scottish government report Joyce Campbell um co-chaired the the group and, and they wrote an amazing report which I've read recently one thing that they did not recommend and I think this is quite interesting to talk about they did not recommend any sort of legislative change that would force the likes of NFU Scotland to have a certain proportion of women on their board. Um, now, personally, I agree with that decision because I don't think it's, it's not a numbers game and it shouldn't be a numbers game. But I wanted to ask Lois, being a lawyer, the question, you know, is any kind of legislation needed or helpful in this situation or is it far better to do what we're doing and what Ayla does all the time and what Amy does in a practical sense and and talk things through and find solutions that way what what are your thoughts on that yeah sure I mean I think that it's when you look at the challenges would legislation actually help and when you're looking at 
the culture and things that will take time putting through legislation is not there's no quick fix to this and I think it is more about conversation it's more about um, like women in agriculture and having these communities and knowing that there is support there so that the more people more females are come forward the more it starts to change legislation I don't personally don't think would have any benefit. Ailit, from a practical point of view, you're you're very much involved in the farm business at home. Have you faced significant challenges in terms of people's attitudes towards you as you know, being, being a woman and wanting to be very much involved? Um, and have there been any kind of other sort of ways in which you've dealt with things that, that might be kind of helpful for, for others to hear? Yes and no. I'm quite a, a bullshit person I've always like I left school at the age of 15 I decided I wanted to farm I was going into agriculture this is what I was doing the school laughed at me and said no that's what the boys do girls don't do that and when it came to the end of exams and I did not do school well exams didn't go well but it was it's okay because I can go into further education which was an NC in agriculture at the local college great starting block I was the only female on campus four days of the week I ne- it never fazed me. I never even saw it. It's only now that people bring these things up. And I was like, oh, it's fine. You got on with it. I was there to learn. You had fun. That was the thing. And then I progressed on and went on to further um, agricultural colleges and then moved around the country, working up and down into England as well, working on various different units, just trying to see where my thing was. So you kind of, and you notice, because you get people that are saying, I can't do this and I can't do that. And I'm sitting there going, I'm sorry. Why can't you do any of these? There is no can'ts. And if your heart is set on doing something and you believe and you're capable of doing that, just keep going. It will happen. It might not happen in that time scale, but that's whether or not anybody, male or female, and especially with business, things don't happen overnight. But you just have to believe in what you've got and put your own stamp on it. Interesting what you say there, because I think there's a similar phrase, which is whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you're right. But many people believe they can't. Mm-hmm. And that partly is the nub of the issue, I think, that, that people believe that they can't persuade their parents to allow them to, to succeed. They can't apply for a job because they're not good enough. I mean, I, and I have read quite recently that, that men usually apply for jobs for which they are underqualified mm-hmm. and women usually apply for jobs for which they are overqualified. And that all comes down to belief and confidence. Mm-hmm. How do we help people to believe that they can? Just talking about it, most of these problems or the beliefs are locked in your own head. So until you start detailing it out and talking to people, you actually kind of catch yourself thinking, well, that's a bit daft. Or sound. If you think you sound stupid saying that, then that's usually not because it's, because it's just not true. And then everybody around you will just say, well, no. And then you can break it down and there's ways around. And you will guaranteed you will come away thinking, oh, OK, and you can do that. But as soon as you go home, there is that likelihood that you'll just kind of get your feet cut off from underneath your body because you'll go in, this is all great, and you'll just get hacked down. <laughs> but you go back to those people. Go again. Just say or just pick up the phone and talk to somebody about it because the support is there. You might not think it is, but it is 100% there. I think it's a lot to do with just individual personality. And also what experience you have as, as you grow up, you know, how, how you are encouraged as a child or, or not. I am really encouraged to see 
having joined social media and joined Twitter, and it can, can be a, a hell of a place, but I couldn't believe how many young women were out there coming through and taking up jobs as agronomists or taking on the family farm and tweeting about it. And there are clearly a lot of women for whom it hasn't been an issue. Mm-hmm. And, and their families have been far more fair um, yeah. Not too yeah. worried whether it was the son or the daughter. Perhaps they've um, encouraged both into the farming business. Perhaps they've taken on different aspects of the farming business themselves and been encouraged to, to do so and, and build business plans for for going into um, a different sector, pigs or poultry. or um, And that's fantastic. That's where you want to be. You want to be encouraging boys and girls yeah i think but everybody really needs to understand yeah, the yeah. the communication un- exactly. underpins right. yeah. that yeah. in yeah. order to feel mm-hmm. as though you you, you get yeah. why it's like that, that's, that's the yeah. biggest aspect is communication mm-hmm. and and keeping communication channels open and that's what can be so difficult about any family farming situation whether it's male or female but it can be particularly pertinent if if you're if you're in a situation where you you weren't the one to be expected to to succeed you can never start the conversation early enough and I, I am very fortunate in the position that I am in now but it would take a lot of pressure off if you had you know a, a, if you had known how things were going to proceed that, that there was a plan and we we've got through the succession um, process and and I hope we are all relatively happy and in agreement and I think I think we can reasonably openly discuss what any of the partners are 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 thinking um, between ourselves um, but it can be difficult but it's never too early to start mm. discussion and it's something I'm really conscious of with the two girls through there yes. you know if they want to continue farming I'm highly delighted you know if they don't then the plan will change but it's important to have yeah. a yeah, plan and for them to constantly have their say as you say me you just can't underestimate mm. how important it is because the unintended consequences and they, there are very difficult conversations to be had but it has to fit around your farming business mm-hmm. so it has to mm. fit around what works for you and that's what drives it and as long as you know what the legal consequences are in the background then everyone's like say communication everyone's on the same page it's really interesting one thing that we haven't discussed at all and I guess it comes back to technology in a way, but if we'd been having this conversation 50 years ago, we'd have probably been talking about the physical challenges of farming and we might have said, oh, but, you know, men traditionally farm because they're stronger and they can lift this and that and the other and they can, you know, tip a sheep over and whatever. And it's interesting that we've not mentioned that at all because there there isn't really... We have one trailer, one grain trailer on the farm that I'm not strong enough to open. But apart from that, there is nothing mm-hmm. that I couldn't learn to do. There's no physical barrier anymore. And that's really encouraging that, um, you know, being a farmer these days is more about being an IT technician and a business planner mm-hmm. and everything else mm-hmm. um, and doesn't require physical strength. Yeah. So I suppose that shows that there's, also, there's progress, yeah, isn't there? You need to get a hammer. <laughs> there's nothing you can't change with a hammer well I've got to the stage now it's just because you used to be oh can I help you with that well that's if I was lucky enough to be asked if I needed any help it's like no I can I can do this I can do this and I'll if I cut myself and I'll cry but I will get it done now it's like yeah please rock on I'll stand back I'm quite I'm kind of like the, the 
to a point, I've got to be careful how you say this, but equality is like, nah, it's okay. If somebody else would like to do that yes, for me, please go on. I'm quite happy to stand back. And there are occasions where I may slightly play that up just for an easier life because <laughs> yes. it's just like, if you're slightly tired of that day, a job that you're normally really capable of doing, it's just like, oh, it's not working. No one would do it. it. I think that just as societal changes, the way that everything is moving forward, you see it all the time and it can feel like the things that you're doing might be just small changes or marginal, but when it all comes together and you're looking back over the bigger picture, you notice that there are so many more, and and social media obviously helps to shine a big light on that as well, but you do notice that things are progressing forward and that's all you can do. Just make the changes that you can and move forward. That, That then shows the next generation coming through these are all things we can get involved in. It takes away some of those barriers. Does the Women in Agriculture group have resources out there that, that or, or able to signpost to resources? So if somebody's sitting there thinking, well, actually, I want to set up a nursery on the farm or whatever it might be, but I've never written a business plan and I don't have the confidence to talk to my parents-in-law about it or whomever it might be, um, how can we signpost people to getting kind of support in that in that sense? So currently at the moment, the the signposting is a massive thing. We get emails frequently throughout the week, um, various different ages, different stages and what they're looking to do. And with within the committee, we're quite lucky for a varied group of women, and, and there is a gentleman on it as well. Um, so quite fortunate with that. Plus, it's just we all know people as well. So if something comes in that's slightly more, um, that's not within our own skill sets to be able to say, we know somebody where that exactly fits. And you can move it through like that. So, yeah, and because of through social media, so people get in contact through Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and obviously email. um, It's so easy to just pass these messages on to the right people. And if that person doesn't know something, guaranteed the next person down the line does. And we will not settle until that person has found where they need to be, basically. So sometimes maybe the first step for somebody sitting at home thinking that they've got some sort of ambition, whether it be to um, run their own farm or set up a brand new business, the first step is could just be just as easy as making contact with Women in Agriculture Scotland and, and finding out more. Uh, and Amy, you're very involved with NFU Scotland too. And I know they're making inroads and they've got more females on the board and they've also got signposting um, for various kind of advice. And Gillespie McAndrew actually provided a legal helpline for NFU Scotland. Um, has it been rewarding for you? Uh, yes, yes. So on, on the farm here, we've always been members of NFU and the member is my father. It's in his name. So when NFU came out with the family and friends membership, so you could add family members. So I... Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, our family's the face, face of. Of. <laughs> So I added myself, um, as you do. And uh, I decided back pre-COVID, um, I saw at our local um, NFU, Angus NFU, were having a, an AGM and, and that um, this chap called Martin Kennedy was going to speak at it. And I thought, I've heard him talking about his girls. He has two daughters and how he farms with them. It's three girls. Mm-hmm. So my apologies, Martin. <laughs> I, I, I want to go and hear him speak. So I thought, I'll go. Um, so I dragged my husband along and we listened to Martin and I found him really engaging. Um, and there were a couple of ladies there as well 
and which was great because it's it's always nice, um, as you said, Lois. It's always not nice not to be the only woman in the room, which is quite quite often typical at, at farming meetings, especially things like agronomy and things like that. So I'd been along to a few meetings and uh, I got asked, uh, if I remember rightly, to hop onto one of the committees just out of the blue. And this was just not long after the Women in Agricultural Report came out. So I, I thought, yeah, I'm going to do it. Be confident. I'm going to do it. Um, I'm a bit worried because I might be found out. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't feel... Imposter syndrome. I don't feel like yeah. a proper farmer, yes. you know. What, what if they ask questions I don't know the answer, which is daft because you're you're doing your job every day and, and anyone can be in that situation, male or female. So I took the plunge. I went onto the crops committee and I've got on fine. But yeah, it's a confidence thing and, a, and you want to be there because you are truly wanted for your views and respected for your opinions and your input, not just because you are the token woman. And I think there's a lot of ladies get that now, hopefully. Don't doubt yourself. Don't put yourself down. Try saying yes. Face Try saying fear. yes. Face the anyway. fear. Yes. And quite often, as I said to Ailet, you just get on and do it and don't tell the rest of the family because you just get, <laughs> what are you doing that for? How are you going to fit that in? Mm-hmm. I'll worry about that. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I'm off to yeah. to do this. But you'll have to get a babysitter. Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd probably already thought of that before yeah. they yes. mentioned it. Yes. <laughs> um, and I suppose this is a, um, sounds like a plug, and maybe it is a plug, but we did an episode all about the Be Your Best Self program, which is... You, you said you were afraid sometimes before these meetings. That's totally normal. But this Be Your Best Self program is about taking women through a huge process that's ultimately about confidence and personal development. And I think the first two cohorts are full, but there are more running across the next two years. And I think if anybody is is not fe- just feeling that they've got quite enough confidence to give it a go, you know, and not everybody's bullshit like me and Aylet. <laughs> um, and also when you were saying about... Um, when you're going along to meetings and feeling that you weren't prepared enough. I think that there is that fear that people have that you're going to fail in some way. And so you have to make sure that you're on your A game and and getting over that a bit and thinking, well, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. And if something goes wrong, how are we going to fix it? Mm-hmm. Not trying to find every single eventuality and trying to, you know, before it even comes to pass. It's just just having that flexibility and knowing that everybody mucks up and everybody makes mistakes and you just have a go because that's the only way you're going to try something new or get further forward no such thing as a silly question they often say don't Mm. they and I've sat quietly in meetings thinking I have a question but it might be a silly one, so I'm not going to say it. And then you're relieved when somebody else yeah. asks, yeah. asks it. And they think, why didn't I just have the confidence ah, yeah. to say that myself? Yeah. So um, but with all these things, you've got to remember <laughs> that you have to be yourself. Yes. So don't try and dress up or dress down for whatever you're going to. Because if you think you're going to a fancier meeting or a committee setting, you think you should dress that one way or whatever. You just have to go in and be yourself. I met a young lady quite a few years ago now. Her parents farmed and she went off and did her own thing. Father was going to sell the farm because there was no one to take on. She says, no, I can't have this. I'm coming home to farm. Right. 
So she came home to farm, but she wouldn't go to market. She hated going to the market because it was full of the older and the men and things like that. And she just felt like they were staring the whole time. She felt uncomfortable and it just wasn't right for her. I said, well, well, why? Yeah, okay, you're in a setting where it's not natural to you. And she goes, it just, everything was just awkward that day. So we kind of like talked about it. I was like, well, would you normally wear lipstick on a daily basis? And she goes, well, yes. I said, did you wear lipstick on the day you went to the market? No, why would I do that? Well, hang on, why, why not? Yeah. You do this normally, be yourself. If you go in and be yourself and true to yourself, then everything else kind of just falls into place. But if you try being something that's not natural to you, you're automatically not flowing and people will get that from you. You just have to just keep repeating it. Mm -hmm. Be be yourself or be your best self. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Um, we've touched a bit on, on social media and I think it's fantastic. I'm addicted to Instagram. I probably need to go to some sort of meeting about that. <laughs> um, but Amy, do you think that prominent females who are farming in a practical sense are, are doing a good good service to to the rest of women in society who are who are doing something similar i think um the variety of things that women are involved in in terms of of agriculture and, and the related industries from your agronomy through to being a shepherdess and that's just so encouraging to see um and it gives confidence even to older women like me and it's important, I think, to show, just show the general public that it's not oh, yes. just your typical farmer in a check shirt mm. with a bit of hay hanging out of his mouth. It's not, it's not just the guys that can do this because we need the talent in our industry. Mm -hmm. Agriculture is, is, is a hard place to be right now, but an exciting place to be. There's so many different opportunities and I would be, I think we'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't try and encourage others into agriculture, particularly from outside of agriculture. So using the likes of Farmer Tom's Farmer Time. Um, so getting online with a school and just taking them around the farm and answering their questions about farming and food production. I, I volunteer for the RET. That's really mm -hmm. important. We haven't had yeah. any farm visits for a couple of years, so that's, that's fallen back. by the wayside back. at the it's moment. Back yeah, yeah we've, we've done a couple of online um, um, things for that, but Farmer Time's great because it's purely based online and can be accessible mm -hmm. for any school, anywhere. Yeah, Ayla, you mentioned, didn't you, when you were at school that some teachers said to you, what, you know, what are you doing that for? You, you're not going to be a farmer, you're a girl. And I think Rhett is a brilliant example of teaching every child more about food and farming, not just those who are going to enter into agriculture, but many, many from, from towns and cities. But I think maybe there is an education thing here that um, nobody said to me when I was at school, hey, have you considered being a farmer? Uh, okay, yeah. so, you know, maybe... I wasn't living in a massively rural area, but you know, it's it's all about that cultural thing. But the cultural impressions don't just come from family; they come from all of external pressures as well. And I think we need to make the next generation understand that farming is an attractive place to work. Because you know, a whole other topic is the labour shortage at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and if we make people realise that that farming can be so rewarding, mm -hmm. then that that's another kind of tick in the box, well, I suppose. Technology mm -hmm. is helping with that, isn't it? To be directly involved in agriculture and the grassroots side of that, like, oh, I'm covered in poo, basically, and <laughs> up to your oxters and gutters and mud, and it's cold and it's wet and it's it's not a very good paying um, industry. Well, 
yes, to a point, some of that is true, but actually the rewards and um, if you're fortunate to be working for somebody as well, maybe not so much if it's your own, but the the rates of pay are extremely good. They have their own wages act, for goodness sake. Mm. So there is so many different things. And if you're lucky enough, there are farms that provide housing as well within the job. So you can, you don't have to have transport to get to that place. There are so many different things. And I think there is a lot the schools could be doing more to promote that. That's really important. And it's such a big part of the discussion just now is that people are so disconnected from their food and their food supply and where it comes from and the people behind it. And we're seeing that hopefully change now with the Good Food Nation bill coming through. Um, And school meals is another thing that I really passionately like to get involved with. So, yeah, this all ties into to broadening agriculture's appeal and part of that is making sure that um, women are involved whether they're active farming out on the farm or or not they're just involved in caring for the family and keeping the farm running because you know none of us can work on an empty stomach so i would say to any to any woman who's who's sort of um struggling to find involvement on the farm you know if you're if you're at home and you're looking after the kids I got started by accepting a teacher asking to bring the nursery out on farm. <laughs> oh, yes, it'll be fine. Bring the nursery to the yes. farm. What could possibly oh. go wrong? <laughs> Actually, it was. It was great. And they loved it. Just yeah. showing them wheat and barley. Yes. And they loved yes. playing with the bucket of yep. grain. And they loved playing with the yeah. straw. And we yeah. take it for granted. Yeah, and their absolutely. Eyes are just... I, I think it's been such a fascinating conversation. And I think we actually probably need to revisit it. Because you could go down a number of really valuable and interesting rabbit holes. And I suppose this has been more kind of um, top level stuff, but um, I'm conscious that there might be things that each of you would like to have said, and I haven't given you the opportunity yet. So um, please do. Lois, if you've got anything that you think is important to say. No, not really. I think we've probably covered everything. I think that my main passion is to be able to help and support in any way that we can. Um, And so if that is the legal advice, but also as myself being female and so driven to get females into doing what they want to do mm-hmm. and for the barriers to be taken away. And however we can do that, um, I think it's really important that we all that we all have a role in that, in being role models to, to take it forward, really. Totally, yeah, totally. Aylet. I could talk for Scotland, England, Wales, for Britain about um, our industry and how fantastic it is and how we all, male, female, all have our parts to play um, in it. But at the end of the day, it's about women in agriculture and stand up and be counted. Just find your own voice, however you do it. It doesn't have to be how we've all done it. You have to find your own way of doing it. And get in touch, whether or not you want to get in touch through Women in Agriculture, get in touch with myself on social media or anything like that, or even Amy, I'll speak for Amy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quite all right. But yeah, just find someone to talk to and to have your back. And if a you, mentor. Yeah, a mentor. A mentor. And if you find the right person, that person will, will tell you if you're being daft, but will also lift you up when you're feeling down. You've got to find that balance. What would I say? Um... Probably I'd echo what I read in the, the Women in Agriculture report, which is that women have always been involved in agriculture. It's not a case of it's something new. I think what we need to continue to push for, 
because I see it happening and it's really encouraging is is the level playing field. So yeah, I I I would just say try and be true to yourself as Alet said, mm-hmm. be your own champion. You know, mm-hmm. don't put yourself down. You have so much to offer. Value yourself and and what you can offer. Stick in there, girls. Stick in there. Three extremely eloquent <laughs> speeches. I'm impressed, and I think I have nothing to add because I think that was that was fantastic. Thank you all so much. Um, thank you. I think that's been so interesting to to hear your perspective. So thank you. So pretty thought provoking episode again this week. Please do send the link to anyone and encourage them to listen, particularly if they're women. I think working in agriculture because. There could be a lot there that they will find interesting and thought-provoking. A big thank you once again to all of our guests and also to Gillespie McAndrew for sponsoring this episode and enabling us to cover such an important topic. Each episode this series, as you may have heard already, we are giving a recommendation for another podcast that we love listening to. So this week, whilst not specifically rural in nature, the podcast that I would love to recommend is very specific to women in business. It is called She Means Business and it comes from Carrie Green who heads up the amazing Female Entrepreneurs Association. So her podcast is really well worth a listen. So many amazing tips if you're running a business or thinking about running a business. But that is it for today's episode. Thank you again for listening. Um, Please do tune in again next week because we'll be putting out a special episode in association with SAOS to mark day one of COP26 in Glasgow. So that's going to be a very different topic to today, but uh, extremely important. And in the meantime, have a great week.